welcome once again to another episode of the Lore Entertainment Podcast. I'm Andrew Southwick. Joining me today, you know him by his pronouns. That is Grand Poobah. We're talking about Lore Executive uh, John Speed. John, thanks for making the time one more time. Well, more than one more time, but one more time for right now. Yeah, glad to, man. Glad to be on. We've got a lot to cover today. Uh, there's been some pushback recently from some of the a recent marketing campaign that Lure has put out on social media. We're going to dig into that, why the campaign, what it means, and talk about what is the Christian and biblical responsibility between humor and sensitivity and, and loving others as you love yourself and all those kinds of things. We're going to hit that on the show. But before we get there, uh, John, you have a couple of uh, a couple of items from uh, Build-A-Baby and from some of your work in IVF and for life and abolitionists and, and so on and so forth that you want to talk about. Let me bring up one. These are, I think, cards for Build-A-Baby and the procedure, correct? Correct. Yeah. Choiceforto.com. They are doing the exposed project with Lore. And um, I'm going to try to fight off my hiccups here. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, so that's the first one that I want to point out. The truth about IVF. It's just a drop card business card size. It's got a QR code there. There we are on the back. And um, you just, these are great to hand out. In fact, I was just at an IVF clinic this morning, handing these out to passersby and people that were going in to the IVF clinic. And yeah, they're really great. They're a great opportunity just to get um, that message, get that film out there. And then the second one we have is for the procedure. That's from last year, October 31st, we released that Kevin Sorbo voiceover with Aaron Fullen's music on there. And it's the same, same thing. It's got a QR code on the back. These are great just to leave like the gas pumps in the little slot for the, your credit card. And the next person comes along and grabs it. And hopefully they just hold that QR code up, scan it and go watch the film. And so, yeah, it's a great way to really impact the culture. And, um, you know, get them, get the message of the truth out there about what abortion is and what IVF is. How has this, how has this, how has this work been going? I know we had Laura Clausen on one of the early, early episodes of the podcast and seen, of course, a lot of work with IVF and you've specifically been going to clinics and trying to save lives. How has the work been going? You know, I think now I've been out to an IVF clinic a total of seven or eight times and we just did one this morning. And every time you go, the conversations are a little bit different. Um, every person and their struggle with infertility is unique. And um, and so a lot of the same things happen when you ask questions, you get very similar answers. But how they react to that's different, depending on whether they're Christian or not, whether they might be atheistic or just, you know, non-believer in general. There's a lot of good gospel opportunities. Uh, we did have one guy uh, say that he was going to try to talk, talk his wife out of doing it after about a half hour conversation and they were just getting started with the process. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's been very educate educational for me. I used to go out in front of abortion clinics, totally different scene than going out in front of an IVF clinic although a lot of very similar things going on. Nevertheless, it's different. Then so it's a different way of, of approaching people and, you know, asking questions and just a different tone altogether. I'm going to screw up this reference because I just saw the article in passing and, and I, I didn't know we were going to talk about this today, which is okay. 
but th- there was, I read, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's an American city or European city. So I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. We'll, we'll follow up next time. But where they're talking about putting in restrictions on blocking access or blocking entrances to IVF clinics and abortion clinics. How hmm. might how might some of those things affect what you do? I, I mean, I know you've encountered resistance before. And if that were to take place, I mean, again, we're it's not the focus totally of today's show, but since we're talking about this, I thought right. we need to bring it up. And, you know, are there, are there ways around some of those restrictions? Cause I, again, if, and my memory may be, maybe, um, maybe failing me here, but I certainly remember, when they were restricting access to the church doors a couple of years ago and they, they weren't making saying boo about that other than don't, don't go in there. Uh, Why, why don't we have this, the the same, the same opportunity and you're not even blocking the access. It's not like you're forcing people not to go in. Right. Right. No. And what that is, there's a couple of things going on there. On one hand, there's a, a law that was passed back in the 90s called the FACE Act. And the FACE law was meant to protect both, supposedly, both churches and, you know, houses of worship and abortion clinics from being blockaded. They never apply that to churches. <laughs> you never hear of cases. But they have used the FACE Act against people that I know who've gone to abortion, abortion clinics and have actually gone inside or blocked them or whatever. And so that's what the FACE Act deals with. But there's a, there's, I think there's another effort going on with bu- what they call bubble zones. And they want to, up in Canada, for example, you can't come within 150 meters of an abortion clinic, to even just to pray. So I think what you're referring to is probably something to do with that, with uh, just saying that protesters or you know people standing out there trying to save babies can't come within a certain distance they tried it in portland maine a few years ago and it failed miserably um i cannot believe that any of them would stand up any sort of real test in court um the supreme court has been very consistent on traditional public forum public easement being accessible as long as you're not blocking access you can stand out there and talk to people. The police were called on us a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, right here in Fort Worth. The police were there like 10 minutes and said, listen, we talked to them. <laughs> we talked to the people inside the, the clinic. Uh, we told them that you have the right to be, be here as long as you're not blocking anything, as long as you're not saying anything obscene. And I'm like, well, I'm a pastor of a church. If I say something obscene, I'm going to get fired. So <laughs> he left. He laughed about that. And that was the end of it. And like today, we they didn't come out at all. So, yeah, I don't know. People just, Satan loves to have his sacrifice of these children. And these, these people will try to do anything they can to try to stop us from saving any. That is true. I, I, I was just about to add a comment to that, but I know we got to move on. So, yeah. unfortunately, we got to leave it there. We got to move on. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, uh, I should mention before we get before we go too far, I had a I had a tree lose some of its branches and giant limbs on my studio. So those of you watching, listening, you may in a little bit hear a chainsaw in the background 
That's because some friends of mine are helping me out, clearing it out. Sorry for the background noise. Um, and, and I know, John, you've got hiccups. So as we talked about off air before we began the broadcast, we've got you covered on both sides in terms of random and weird noises. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but thank you for your patience. Those of you watching or listening to the podcast on that, I'll do my best to try to keep that down. Okay. Main topic for today, the latest marketing, well, maybe not the latest marketing campaign, but a very recent marketing campaign, social media marketing campaign that Laura did centered on some very provocative statements or maybe perceived provocative statements and quite a bit of, quite a bit of pushback from them. Some of them got more than others. We're going to walk through those here. I want to bring them up on the screen. Let's show what these were. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them, let me get that off there. There we go. Uh, stop snorting cocaine, get a free seven day trial to lure TV. There was another, this one is the only fans. No, I, this one, I know you brought to uh, a, a rec- the recent conference you all were just at, or, or was that this the, one, uh, yeah, this is actually a follow up image to the other one where it's, yeah. From, yeah. And we did this after the brouhaha over the, the only fans, the original. Yeah, the format of the, you know, delete your OnlyFans account and get a free seven days is is the same thing. Mm -hmm. The next one, this one has gotten the most traction and pushback on there. Stop beating your wife, get a free seven-day trial to lure. Right. Now, there's a few questions involved. And full disclosure, uh, even this one, so there, there were people who responded who were offended by these, by these posts. Now, and in full disclosure, I I had a problem with one of them, particularly the the wife beating one, because that's something that I came out of growing up, and so I saw that growing up. So to me, that is a sensitive area, no matter how you talk about it. I know that you and Lore, you being you, John and Lore, are not advocating any of these things, yet it's still going to touch different nerves. So let's walk through this step by step. First, how did you come up with this campaign? What was the original basis for it? Well, we came up with a campaign kind of like everything else we do. We just had an idea and we followed it through. Followed it through. The guys were at the Turning Point USA uh, Action Con in West Palm Beach. I think it was July. And they had a booth there and um, they thought it would be good. Uh, they had uh, one of our uh, content creators there with them, uh, Emilio Martinez, who's a comedian. I don't know who came up with it. it might have been Emilio, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to blame it on him. It might have been Marcus or Jason. I don't know. But they they came up with a graphic that they put on the uh, large screen TV that they had there in the booth that said, um, you know, turning point, you know, turning point, you know, the conference special. If you cancel your OnlyFans account, we'll give you seven days free. Um, um, Laura, now we give everybody seven days free when you sign up. That's that's the deal. It's obviously a marketing attempt. And honestly, it's a statement in that context that Turning Point USA, that particular idea was a statement. And the statement has to do with the fact that there's a lot of conservatives and a lot, for that matter, a lot of evangelical Christians. And let's just be honest, there's pastors who are addicted to porn. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a it's sort of an offhanded way <clears throat> of saying, uh, look, man, uh, if you're conservative, so-called, uh, stop paying f- uh, for porn 
And you know, what you really ought to do is sign up for lore. You know that, I mean, it's obviously just a, it's a marketing thing and it's tongue in cheek and it's meant to get some attention. Now, what was funny about that, that image went out, we put it on, I think our social media platforms and I put it on my, I had it as I think my cover photo for a while on Facebook and uh, no one, not one person ever replied to that and said, I'm upset about it. And then we did another one. Uh, I think one of our, our social media guy put together the one that started really the con- the conversation, the brouhaha. And um, it was slightly different, but not, it was like a very highly pixelated image of an, obviously a female not showing any nudity at all. Uh, I think actually just a headshot pixelated and saying essentially the same thing. And I don't know, I honestly, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm now, on that particular one, I don't get it. Like, I, why would anyone who's a Christian object to the idea of poking fun at porn users and saying say you shouldn't do that? That's the essence of it. Stop doing that and do this other thing. It reminds me a little bit of the Apostle Paul and how um, in like his epistles, he would say, put off this behavior, put on that behavior. And so really it mystified me and it went crazy. And I was actually traveling to a conference when last week, when all this blew up and I was, I was getting these messages within our group chats and stuff. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And then I see it and I'm like, what? <laughs> this, this was, this got by everybody the first time, but now a few people, I guess, took offense at it. And some of them started actually contacting Laura Claussen from Choice for Two and saying, can you believe they're doing this? Huh. And she's like, I didn't know I was an executive at Laura. <laughs> it became kind of a joke between us. Like, okay, Claussen's got an office now at Laura and now she's the CEO and be careful because she might fire you. Right. I mean, just, it was bizarre. I don't really fully understand I don't understand that one at all. Now I do understand the wife beater shirt issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, that's sort of how it got started and it works so well. Honestly, we beat all the algorithms on Facebook, which very have, have the thumb screws on us. Um, people responded and, uh, it, I think we got subscribers out of it. I don't know if they canceled their porn accounts or not, but I'm saying so- that it worked. So this was to generate response. That that was the point to try to beat algorithms. Right. That's always the point. I mean, on Facebook in particular, uh, we are heavily shadow banned. And so like the only way out of it is to get something going in terms of conversation. And we're always trying that. (laughs) Like if you read any blog I've ever, almost any blog I've ever written, We're trying to do that. In fact, I think we did a blog about it and I sent an email out to the email list about this first one. And I, I get emails back when people are mad, believe me, I got nothing on that one. And so that one came out of left field, but we kind of figured like, whoa, we stumbled on something. We found something that sort of beat the algorithms. And so my wife and I were literally, we're driving to this conference and we're just like, wow, this is crazy we got to do something really nuts. We got to come up with an idea that's just super crazy. That's so obviously ridiculous 
that people will laugh at it and sort of catch what we're doing here. Right. And so I think I said, um, you know, what about that old joke that goes, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Right. Like Mm. you you say, have you stopped beating your wife yet? It's the gotcha thing. Right. And people do it just to kind of prove a point. And I thought, you know, how could we do something with that? My wife just fires back. Yeah. You know, stop beating your wife. I'll give you seven days for your Lord. And I said, text Marcus that. (laughs) So just send it to him. And uh, he did it. And, um, and that one really went, I guess, I, even then, because I've been traveling, I haven't looked at all the responses, but um, that one really blew up. And I understand, like, we're obviously not promoting looking at porn, doing cocaine, or beating your wife. But what we are doing is using that discussion to um, get people talking and to get people to pay attention to what we're doing, you know, and it's a cheap way of doing it, just making a post on social media and cheap as an inexpensive, not the other version of it. And so that that's what we're doing. We're kind of laughing at it. We're trying to use humor as well, which on our platform is going to factor big. You know, we've got some comedians who've got some stuff coming and Christians. I think this is really illustrating the point. We're just not very good at just laughing at things that we should be laughing at. Where then is the line of humor and comedy to where maybe we're, maybe we're lampooning something that maybe shouldn't be entertainment. Yeah. I mean, but we're, that's the whole point of lampooning something, right? I mean, it's the same thing as the exposed series of choice for two and build a baby. You've got a whole uh, set of two minutes, something two forty, I think satire of, there's, um, there's one you could make that argument. You could say, look, infertility is extremely sensitive. However, satire uh, communicates at a level that just gets people to rethink things because it causes them to maybe laugh at something that they wouldn't normally laugh at, but it gets them to rethink the issue. And so, like, historically, as far as, like, English literature is concerned, Satire is considered that when you have a culture that's producing satire, it's considered one of the highest forms of literature that there is. And so back in the 17th century, when you had Jonathan Swift putting out satire, um, really Dante, uh, Dante's Inferno was more or less satire. His writings were satire. Uh, they were they were very effective in attacking cultural ills. And so obviously spousal abuse is a cultural ill porn use is a cultural ill drug addiction. Uh, those are all cultural ills that one of the best ways to actually attack it is by laughing at it through satire, same idea behind build a baby and uh, same idea, honestly, with everything Laura Lawson's ever done with the pink hair satire videos regarding abortion. So they've been extremely effective that way. And so that's another way to look at this issue. So I'll push back a little bit on that because I think when you talk about things like porn, certainly spousal abuse, the drug use, those things, while noted in our culture as bad, I would suggest to you they haven't been taken as seriously as they need to yet in our culture. And now I'm speaking contextually. And so the problem is we've been making light of those things for too long. We don't take them seriously. 
the list is long of wife beaters who we herald as heroes, who we make allowances for their, for that, you know, or for their favorite sin. And we, I realize we do this too. You can apply this across the board. We all make allowances for our favorite sins, depending on what they do for us. So if that person or whatever entertains me, I'll look the other way on uh, X, Y, and Z. And meanwhile, though, their families suffer. Families suffer with from porn addiction. Families suffer from abuse. Families suffer from uh, from drugs and so on. And so I just wonder if I understand the the point you make, but that satire does point things out, and it, and it does. But at the same time, have we just been all satire and not taking things seriously enough to really dig into that? I mean, you know, think of the church, and we tap dance around divorce, as a, as a church, we tap dance around the sanctity of marriage and we tap dance around, uh, you know, uh, sexual sin. We, we're still tap dancing around sexual sin. And because we don't take it seriously, then the truth kind of gets lost. And then the truth, even proclaiming the truth, we lose a little bit of credibility as the vessels of truth because we didn't stand up when we had a, had a chance. What do you think? Yeah. I don't think I agree with it in the sense that um, I think, Porn, drug addiction, and spousal abuse. Well, we maybe you could make the argument that we don't take it seriously enough. And I would make the arguments because the church doesn't preach about this stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I come from a different world. We do. I mean, I, I told I hold a view of divorce and remarriage. It's higher than just about any other out there. I believe that once you're married, you stay married. Period. God hates divorce. Period. We don't do it. Um, and so because, maybe it's because I come from that background that I, I'm not seeing the problem. Like uh, I've obviously, <laughs> you know, the porn issue is something I've actually dealt with in my own life and um, and have taken very seriously and repented of. And um, the fact is, is that like if you've done that. I don't think at that point, I guess for me anyway, I figure this is so obviously evil. This isn't something that's debatable. I don't, I honestly don't know anybody that would say, I think spouse abuse is a good thing. I mean, we might act that way when it comes to NFL players in particular, but uh, I'm telling you that I don't know anybody that, that says that any of these things is good. And so because it's so obviously bad against what scripture says and what I think the average evangelical thinks that it's totally mockable territory. And so I'm, you know, I, I can under, I I don't understand a lot of this, honestly, I don't understand why, why it would be bad to call. I would say for, I would say for some people, and I know I interrupted you there, but I would say for some that you, Okay, yes, some you can come through some addictions, come out on the other side, as you mentioned, like you know, porn hit your life. So I, I'm one where, like, and I, again, I came out of a home that, that experienced violence, and so on. So I, I do see that differently. I think some may feel like you might be dismissing their d- dismissing or otherwise. What am I? What's the word I'm looking for? Diminishing the significance of their struggle in. In, in mocking or in or in a mock that comes without any context at all and it just kind of hits right up there. Does, does that make any sense? 
I know what you're saying, but I just can't agree with it in the sense that um, they need us. Somebody that's in any one of those three situations, they need us to call that nonsense out. And they, they, they do, but I think the method of calling out is matters. Well, here, and here's the problem. This is the, this is the issue with an evangelicalism and has been for a long time that um, humor is not understood and humor is a valuable weapon. And we have chosen not to use it for exactly these reasons, because if we, use it, we might offend somebody. That's exactly the issue in the church. It's been, <laughs> cancel culture was in the church long before it was out in the world. And now in the world, they're all taking offense or they're triggered over things. And somehow I think the church has to lead the way in like showing that we don't have to be offended over everything. And, I and, I, and well, I know what you're saying. Let me finish this. Not only now we don't need to to find offense with things when we especially especially when we know that that's obviously not the goal. I mean, just in the context of the way the ads came out and all of that, it's obviously not our goal to hurt people. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for thirty some years. I've dealt with people who are beaten. I you know I had a deacon in a church that I was pastoring where I had to intervene and get the family out of there because their 13 year old called me to uh, get them out. And I did, I got them out. Um, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of different crazy situations. I know exactly what you mean in terms of how it's sensitive it can be. However, I think our culture is in a very bad spot right now and that uh, we are all so careful about being sensitive. Nobody wants to say really anything. And I don't know how you fight back against that other than, I mean, this, none of this was sinful. None of this was um, intentionally hurtful. And if anything, I think if anybody looks at the motives of what we do, uh, I don't think anyone could accuse us of trying to uh, hurt people who are in those situations. But I, I do think that there ought to be some appreciation for the fact that we're addressing them at all. Like you said earlier, they're not being addressed. Well, in a way, this is addressing it and saying, stop doing that. And here's an alternative. And well, so that's the part that, that really I just totally get lost on. I mean, at that point, I'm like, if you people need to at least allow that 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 was the motive. I mean, what's the alternative? What's the other than stopping beating your wife? What's the alternative? Keep doing it. And so that's where like the, the pushback on social media, I just I. I can't, I have a hard time tracking. And I, w I would wonder if it's not so much being offended as, as you know, as I, I and again, I, I hear that, but it's more, okay. So when somebody responds to that or somebody says, Hey, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, that, you know, that then even when you look through the comments and some of those things on Facebook, some of the, we can, we can be dismissive to people as well. And so then I don't think that really helps the conversation because there is something to say about, okay, that I, I get that this is not what we're trying to do, but you know, here's the, you know, here's the reason why, as opposed to just saying, well, Hey, you know, get, you know, get a sense of humor, or, you know, take the stick out of your rump or something like that, because that's really the same. It's not the same. Well, it, it feels like the same treatment for some because they would be dismissed for what they would say in one place. And if they will be dismissed in another place, they'll read that the same way. So it's not about 
I don't, I'm saying, I don't think it's so much about the, the offensive part of it as much as it is, Hey, um, you know, I had this, this hit a little bit wrong. Do we then as not even just lower executives or, or whatever, but even some of our people, if we're going to start a conversation about it is the best way to, to start the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. You were offended. Grow up. Yeah. I don't think that's how the conversation started though. No, yeah. it didn't. It evolved that way. Cause you can I, see it evolved that way. And, and what my point is, is that when you, um, there was plenty of explanation uh, from the earlier ad campaign and people at that point, by the time the second one came along, they really weren't interested. They were just looking for a witch hunt. And that's another thing. That's a real problem in evangelicalism is this tendency to assume the worst about everybody else's motives and assume that it's all evil. And I saw a lot of that. I was getting some pushback even on the first ad on my own Facebook wall about it from people that I know and people that know me and know that <laughs> obviously we're not promoting porn on, on what we're doing. Anybody, I'm honestly, if people choose to be offended in this culture. And I think there was a lot of that going on here and not all of it. I'll grant that. But um, uh, I think people do really need to learn to uh, evaluate things and, and actually have some discernment about things like motives and what, what's going on here. It's, it's worse when they know you. <laughs> Believe me, it's worse when there's people that you know who are assigning these kind of motives to you. And that's that's awful hard to take that stuff seriously. And if they want to take it seriously, I'll just say, I mean, you sent me an email. Right. And we we talked about it. That's how you do it. I mean, if you if you have a offense with somebody, somebody's offended you. The right way to do it is to send an email and to try to talk to them individually. Social media is just a dumpster fire. That was going to be my next my next question. Obviously, is okay. So there's no way, and I think on balance and objective, there's no way we're not going to offend somebody for some reason. There's yeah. no way you're not going to hit a sensitive topic for some reason. Let's set some expectations. What would you want? What do you want? Lure customers, potential lure customers, to do if they have an offense, if they have a sensitivity, something like that. No, I'm not saying. Hey, let me know every time your panties are in a bunch. You know, that that's that is not productive either. But right. if it's something serious and substantive, and you can tell the difference, and, and I agree, there were you can tell when comments are just there to be just to be adversarial, to be dismissive, to to put down, to say, ah, to be gotcha, so to speak. Yeah, right. And at the same time, you know, I would I would I would assume I'm not moderating th- those chats, but I know I, my my instinct would be to instantly write that off as well. Some mm-hmm. of it is probably better written off. Some of it probably not better written off. And, and mm-hmm. maybe there's more of an address or a conversation that needs to take place. What do you want to see from lure customers, potential lure customers, as, as lure grows, as lure unfolds, and you are navigating this? As you said before, and I know I'm, I'm talking a mouthful and I'll give you the last word here, but there's, there's the whole thing about beating the algorithms. How wild and bold do we need to be to, to win the algorithms? And then there's, then there's, and there's questions there. Mm-hmm. Does that cheapen it to just use it to climb the ladder? You know, sort of like we throw around the word racism all the time, even though usually we're not talking about actual racism. So you were, we're just trying to end the argument and we don't have anywhere 
to argue. We don't have a fact behind it. So we'll just call you a name and tell you mm-hmm. to shut up right. or we'll dismiss you in that way. Whatever name that is. Right. Same animal. But then we can use those things to climb the algorithms to break through and so on and so forth. So there's that in there as well. But in that, more people are going to be upset. Sure. What do you want people to do when they're carrying that? What's what's the most effective way that you think? What gets through your filters? What gets through Lore's filters as right. an okay, this is to be I I'm, this is a serious um this is a serious query. I'm going to respond seriously mm-hmm. and thoughtfully. Yeah, I mean, and that I, it's a biblical concept that when you have an offense with somebody, you go to them. And so that's it. It's really that simple. Just go directly to us, send us an email, and I'll tell you, I can't speak for everybody on the team. I can speak for myself, having written, you know, writing the blogs, I do get, I get feedback, believe me, I get a lot of, (laughs) if there's something that's controversial, I hear about it. I respond, my policy is to reply to every one of them, even if I think they're ridiculous. Hmm. I will, and when I do, I treat it as if it's serious. Even if I think it's ridiculous, I treat it seriously. And I try to, I've spent time writing back to people like the entire page of response and to explain it. And most of the time, I would say nine times out of 10, when I do that, usually it comes, the, it just ends like there's, there's back and forth and there's an appreciation for the perspective. And usually when the perspective is given, it's over. Um, and I think that's the way it usually is done, even in churches, when you've got church discipline issues. Um, you know, most of Jesus said, go to them one-on-one, and if they don't hear you, then bring witnesses. Most of the time, church discipline, when it happens, it always ends after that first thing, after the one-on-one. Occasionally, it might go to the second step where you bring some witnesses, but usually it never goes as far as having to take somebody out of the church because that one-to-one does alleviate a lot of different things. And so that's really how it ought to be done. Social media. I don't think I expect it (laughs) now on the algorithm front, um, like it or not. I mean, this is a business. We're not running a nonprofit. And the whole point of marketing is to be seen by people and everybody's trying to figure out how to beat the algorithm. Even the nonprofit world is trying to figure out how to beat algorithms. And, um, you can ask like somebody like Laura Claussen from Choice for Two how much problem they have with it. There's a lot, you have to be very creative to get past them. And um, I don't think that means you're somehow cheapening anything. I think that's just reality. Like you have to, if you're going to advertise anything, you have to face the facts that social media, uh, big tech does not want your message to be heard. And so how you get it heard is by being creative. And so people are going to have to kind of flex with that a little bit as well. That um, not to the degree, if we do something immoral, you know, like if, <laughs> if we start putting naked people up yeah. on social media to get, of course, that's anything that's obviously sinful, push back on that. Yeah. You know, if you see that push back on that, but um, you know, uh, these other things I don't see on that same level. Well, and I'll say this uh, just the last uh, last couple of minutes here. We'll wrap, we'll wrap up. But for lure customers, one thing that I appreciated in our exchange was just you did. And I can say you did take my concern seriously. We we exchanged back and forth. 
and it's done. I share that publicly because I want it to be an example. I want people yeah. to understand yeah. that. And, and, and as, even as we sit here, like, again, I wouldn't do that kind of marketing campaign, but that doesn't right. mean I'm, we're, we're not moving in the same direction, you know, we, and, and, and I think one of the things that happens when people feel, when they feel offended or they feel like they, they feel insignificant or insignificantly seen in that way. It's really, we're just, we're just not heard. And so if, if you're, if you have a, a grievance that is serious, that is real, here's the perfect example. You just watched a show or, or listened to a podcast of that exact thing playing out. And you heard how John responded and you heard how I responded. And think of your politics. Well, if you did this, how many grievances have you sent to Netflix or HBO or, or Disney and, and had them stand, stand there and, and hear you and then respond back. And, and you might not always click a hundred percent every issue, but, but you can say, okay, we're heard. I, I get it. You know, we're, we're not accusing each other. We can move on now from here and, right. and we can be in, in good step and in harmony. Mm-hmm. How about, how about our politicians? They're, they'll throw you under the bus for crying out loud. If, if they, if, if it's advantageous to them, Lord, the, the, the commitment of Lord to following Christ and what they do, granted it's a business, but the Christ followers first, they're going to treat you the way a Christ follower treats people. But I just appreciate John, your willingness to come on to, to go back and forth to explain this. And because again, I just think it's important for people to know. And obviously that particular one spousal mm-hmm. abuse, it hit home for a lot of people, sure. different reasons, some legitimately, some illegitimately, there's mm-hmm. always that mix, but those who are legitimate, you do have a voice. You will be heard uh, with Laura and Laura.tv. I'll give you the last word here and then we'll wrap. Yeah. Let me say this about spousal abuse, just to deal with it. Like if it's happening, you need to, and I said earlier, I don't believe in divorce for any reason, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe in separation. And if you're being abused, you need to get out. You, you need to separate yourself out of that situation. You should call the police immediately, no matter what they say, no matter what your emotions tell you, call the police, get the police involved, Make sure that your church leadership knows about what's going on and get out of that situation for the sake of yourself and your children. And uh, that's a, it is a serious, that's a serious thing, but um, that's why it needs to be, in my opinion, it would be that we need to mock it because it's ridiculous. The idea of anyone beating up on another person that's in their family to intimidate them is disgusting. And um, anyone that does it should be thrown in jail. So, yeah, I, that's, I, I, I throw them a little bit further than jail. But yeah, no, and I'll say this too. You can get out if you're in that situation. And mm-hmm. I know because I did and mm-hmm. you can, and I did, I was a lot younger and not only that, but God mercifully helped me help me break that chain of abuse in my family. Mm-hmm. And then that future can be yours too. And I mean that seriously, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up here. Uh, anything else you want to mention before, before we go housekeeping things, obviously subscribe to lure.tv, yeah. TV. Anything will, else, John? Yeah, that's it. And get a seven day free trial and see what, what it's like to get some loot and spend it. And- feel that sense of accomplishment you have when you're supporting something good and um yeah we hope you'll become longtime subscribers all right well for john speed i'm andrew southwick thanks for sticking with us on this episode of the lore entertainment podcast we will see you next time